Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also just find me on just about everywhere podcasts are at, just about every podcatcher. I just recently got an Odyssey, so go check me out there. Uh, I finally hit that 300 sub uh, spot, so thank you guys for all that. So that way my lazy ass doesn't have to manually update the Odyssey because there's no way I was going to do that. Uh, today my guest is James Gentleman. I'm super happy to have him back. We always have great conversations. I just it's like we we've talked so damn much. It's hard to remember to have different topics. So <laughs> we uh, decided uh, we were going to do Best Liberty podcast because there was a uh, podcast with Pete Quinones and Scott Horton recently, and we figured we'd do our own version of that because and the reason why is because they mentioned us among all these other great fucking behemoths that were in there. Like me and James somehow squeak in there. Fucking, I don't know whether we just got lucky or what, but me and him both got in there, and it's just kind of happenstance that me and him kind of like we start, we kind of went on this podcasting journey together, started around the same time and stuff. So it's kind of serendipitous that we both got noticed by senpais at the same time. Uh, it was a, uh, it was definitely, it was definitely nice getting noticed because uh, I know a lot of you guys have been following me and know that Pete has been like Pete and Dave Smith are probably the two biggest people that have had an impact on my thinking, and then honestly, probably Scott Horton is definitely in the top five as well. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a big deal to be mentioned by them. I mean, I, I've told everybody that congratulating them. Like I kind of got lucky. I just had a recent Twitter exchange with Scott Horton when that happened, but it was definitely very, very fucking surreal to be mentioned with all the like huge names that were being mentioned. And then somehow I squeak in there. Um, as always give me money. Patreon.com is no way Jose 2020. All right. That's my little grift and let's get into it with fucking James. What the fuck's up, dude? Hey, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. I'm fucking glad to be with you again. It's I feel like it's been too damn long. <laughs> like I, like I said, we, we run out of topics because we talk too damn much. <laughs> so, yeah. But oh, I am ready to get into this. Are you? I'm, this is yeah. This let's do fun. it. I, I got a big be, bullet point yeah. list because uh, I was bored today. So I'm yeah, gonna, we're we're not we're not going to entirely do what because Pete and Scott they did kind of I mean go over ones that they, they like or they listen to. But they were also kind of doing like a hey, we're gonna, we're kind of like using this to spotlight people. Yeah, we're we, me and James talking about. We just want to kind of actually talk about ones we listen to. So these are gonna be ones that we actually semi regularly listen to. And I just because I think it's kind of cool so you guys get an idea of where we come from. Because I mean, while I meet, I read books. I'm sure. Yeah, I know you do as well, James. There's books behind you. Like, but I'm gonna be completely honest. Probably well over eighty percent of my fucking knowledge comes from podcasts. That's mm-hmm. just like a, a lot of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think reading is indispensable, but so much of my shit I've gone through pod, gone from podcasts. Uh, a bunch of the a bunch of these books behind me are for sale on Amazon. I haven't. Even <laughs> there, they're just like those books you buy when you get like a bookcase and you want it to be filled yeah, and look yeah, look nice. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, I mostly read ebooks. In fact, uh, yeah, I have a huge um, like library of illegally gotten books, or you know, maybe legitimately, I don't know, uh, in my Google Drive that. You know, just like whatever I want to read when I've got it. <clears throat> Laws are made up nonsense anyway. So, <laughs> for real, especially that intellectual property shit. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it'd be cool to be able to see where we're coming from, like where we get our ideas from. Um, yeah, um, we're just kind of go back and forth. Uh, I, I figured I'd kind of stop, start with the first couple that are most important. Oh, real quick, I did want to kind of ask if you're the way you go about listening to podcasts has changed in the past year or two, because for me, there's been such a boom of Liberty podcasts and just so much content that now I've gone to the point where like when back like a year or two ago, I listened to like, I had like my shows that were like, I listened to religiously and that was like basically it. And then like every once in a while, if there was one that sounded really special that I saw, I might enter into my like rotation of what I listened to, but it'd just be the episode. But like, I don't know with all the content that's come out as of late, like 
now like there's probably really only like two shows I listen to religiously. And now like every other show, pretty much every other show is just like a depends on the topic. So, cause it's gone to that point. I don't know if, it, if it's changed for you. Cause it's just like, there's been a boom of Liberty podcasts lately and a lot of good ones too. Yeah. So I've, I've still got my like handful that I listen to like the second they drop. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few that I like support on Patreon even. Uh, but yeah, I think for the most part, and, and, you know, part of it too, is that I, uh, lost my commute. Like I went, I went to a remote position even before the pandemic. So, uh, I kind of didn't like have that driving around in the car thing. Um, so I've had to find new excuses to listen to podcasts too. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, basically the same as you, you know, I've got the, I've got the handful that I listen to no matter what. And then, yeah, like I see who the guest is or whatever the topic is. All right, cool. All right, let's, uh, let's get started. I figured let's start out with our like religious ones. I'll go first. Um, and this isn't honestly. This used to be my number one. Probably isn't my number one as much lately. I don't know why, but it's dropped off a little bit for me. But it's still on my religious list. And this would be part of the problem with Dave Smith. Mm-hmm. He's who made me an anarchist. I don't know if you agree, but I mean, it's for me something about the last year or two just kind of lost its edge a little bit. Like, and don't get me wrong, still great. Still no, top, dude. You you ga- you've gained your edge. That's the problem. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Maybe Dave I've gone still <laughs> you've gone off the rails, you Nazi. Yeah, yeah, I have. I, I'm fucking. I'm having fun. I'm digging it. I know. I love Dave. I mean, this isn't saying anything. I'm still literally. He's my like one of two that I listen to religiously. Mm-hmm. So it's not not at all shit talk. It's just that my other great love, no homo. I mean, I don't care. Whatever. I, I love him. Like whatever. But uh, there's probably like two guys, and I mentioned earlier, and the other one's the one that like it probably is taking the lead a little bit. I, just, I don't know if maybe I've just been more interested in the route he's gone. Because Dave Smith's gone more current events. I mean, actually, it might yeah. signify a shift in my thoughts as well. He's always been kind of more current events. But I think as of late in the past year, I've started to care less about current events and more about like, like what maybe the ideas behind current events or the ideas between behind stuff. Like, I, just, I don't know. I mean, not that I'm necessarily immersed in theory, but I just I'm more uh, in the interested in like ideas. I don't know. Uh, I kind of I kind of waver between the two, just like from month to month or year to year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll I'll get real into theory and then a, a lot more into current events. Uh, and you know, there's there's kind of depends on I guess the story of the day or something like that. I don't really know yeah. what sports that. But yeah, no, Dave Smith's great shit. So if anyone listening there, I don't really need to. You probably have heard of him, but he he's what made me an anarchist. He's great, especially if you're looking for a current event show. There's nowhere better. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on on Dave Smith. Part of the problem, I don't really feel like we need to uh, go on that too much. Yeah, no. But, uh, but I will tell you that there is a better current events show than part of the problem. You fucking, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Monica Perez, the drive time mm. news blast propaganda report. Um, <clears throat> she and her co-host Brad Binkley, like each pick, maybe I think like five headlines each um, for each episode. It's like a half an hour, unless you're on the Patreon, then it's 45 minutes. I'm of course on their Patreon. Um, and they do like a super deep dive into the news. Um, they don't do like like what you know. Dave will Dave will play a clip from Brian Stelter or whatever. Um, they don't really do that. They just like report on the reporting. Um, <clears throat> they're kind of more conspiracy ish. Definitely, definitely dive deep into the propaganda analysis. Um, but uh, th- yeah, that's the, they're they're my favorite. Like never miss every single day. 
even join their live streams on Friday nights unless I'm, you know, on your podcast. You know what? I, I just realized I think I misspoke a little bit because I, I build Dave Smith as a current event show, but he does do current events. But really what he does is he use, he does current events, but then we'll use them to springboard into slightly bigger ideas. I guess maybe I've just so been so immersed more in theory lately that I'm more just like, get me straight to the idea. I don't really give a shit too much unless it's some huge happenstance. But yeah, there are definitely bigger ones. And now that I say that, like more are coming to mind and I'll probably sure. mention them later. But yeah, Monica, Monica Perez, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably one of your tops as well. Yeah. So we kind of just knocked that one out. I haven't listened to her much. I, <clears throat> she is a treat. I do love her whenever she's a guest on anywhere. I mean, this is going to sound really sexist, but she's probably one of the only chicks I really give a shit about in Liberty, Liberty, the Liberty <laughs> movie. I don't know. Maybe it's a biological thing. I feel like women just don't have the incentive to have to be funny or interesting as much. So, I mean, call it sexist if you will. I mean, men, we have to, we have to work to cement our place. <laughs> we don't just get to get by on our looks. <laughs> so, like, Except know. for you. Except for me. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've gotten. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I don't know. Someone's probably gonna get mad about that. I just, I feel like it's generally true. If anything, I feel like I'm way more impressed when a woman is interesting or funny. Call me sexist, if you will. <laughs> one thing, one thing I have noticed about women libertarians, and and I mean to an extent, women conservatives too, uh, mm -hmm. is that they you don't see a lot of conventional, just like blue pilled libertarian women. Um, other than like Jen Monroe uh, is a little bit, but like Catherine Mangue Ward, for instance, even from Reason, she's about as blue pilled as they come, but she's still an ANCAP and like refuses to vote. Um, Monica Perez is like the the conspiracy theorist. Um, Whitney Webb, huge conspiracy theorist. And then on the other end, you've got like the, I don't know, basically every agorist woman who is like out in her garden all day long, except for when she's like consulting her crystals or whatever it is you do with crystals. Um, they're like all hippie chicks. There's not a whole lot uh, of just like normal ladies of liberty. Yeah, or or they're or they're they're hoeing themselves out on yeah. OnlyFans. Like you bring no up, no, no beef on my sex worker friends, but you bring up a good point because there is something <laughs> to women. I don't feel like dawdle around in that like annoying milk toast centrist yeah. area. They're like they're either all in or not, and they're and that kind of plays to what I was getting at earlier, where it's like I feel like they don't have as much of as incentive to be in just in a biological sense to be funny yeah. or interesting. But on the other hand, they also have. Aren't, don't have incentives to not go hard yeah. because men are dumb fucking simps for the most part. And yeah. if a chick goes hard, they're like, Hey, I'm here for it. Slay queen. <laughs> like, like no one's going to shit on them and be like, that just seems a little too radical. Yeah. Like, which, so it's actually kind of good that they are able to go a little bit harder. So yeah, like, I, they're, I either, they're either yeah. super hardcore or super just off their rocker baddie kind of yeah. just crazy. Yeah. Which um, I'm, I'm here for him. And yeah. I also, and I, while I was kind of seeming like I was shitting on the simping, I'm actually all for it. If you're a chick and you're hot and you want to utilize your hotness to further liberty, like I'm, whatever, <laughs> go for it. Like, you know, if, if somehow people will realize taxation is theft by whipping your tits out, like, you know, go for it. Like you go girl. I'm all for it. <laughs> no comment from me on that one. I'm, I'm neutral on, on the chicks. So. <laughs> well, I guess more mean, like even like, obviously like there's partially a joke there and being glib yeah, yeah. and I'm a dude and I like boobs. But on the other hand, there is something too, like you're utilizing the stupid monkey brain of man to yeah. be like, Hey, boobies now Liberty. <laughs> you what's, know? Your, what's your next never miss. So we My don't, next we, so never we don't miss? go four hours like we did last time. Oh yeah. Right. We, we mean, you can go on tangents like <laughs> nobody's business. Uh, Pete Quinones, he's like definitely my yeah. number one religious now. I, I love mm -hmm. Pete. 
Pete, I mean, I obviously have minor differences in like, you know, tactics and stuff, but dude, Pete is always based as fuck. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he is not. And you know what? I got to give him respect too. That I, he is definitely someone who's a legitimate, like, intellectual in the sense that he's willing to question his thoughts. Like, he was an agorist back then. That's why. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily why, but he's what brought me to agorism, yeah. like him. And then he went full on LPMC. And as of late, he made a post about how Tho is right, which I don't know if you saw that about Tho yeah. Bishop. And like, he was, I think, being legit. I think he's starting to like realize. So it's like, there's, I mean, props. Like, I mean, whether you agree with him or not, he's not like you would assume that, like, say, with him being homies with Dave Smith and being so involved in the LPMC and all that shit, that he would have been like kept that to himself. But no, he's he's a legit skeptic. He's not scared to run away from like thoughts he's had, or I don't know. He's I don't know. He embraces change, and I I don't know. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. He's another he's another one I support financially, and uh, and that's mainly because the perk of getting his interviews like the second he finishes them, because uh, mm. so I don't have to wait. <clears throat> but yeah. uh, yeah, I th- th- I don't I don't have anything to add to that. I think I think exact everything you just said. I agree. Yeah. With. No, I, I love Pete. He is, I don't know. I have gotten a lot out of him. Like Dave is what got me from Minicus Anarchist, but then like Pete has brought me on so many different little intellectual tangents and I fucking love it. Like he, he's what got me to read Sterner. He's what got me to read Konkin. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. He just introduced me to all different modes of thought and like tactics and strategy. And like, I don't know. I just, I, I can't, I can't fucking kiss Pete's ass enough. I love Pete. Like he almost said his dick. dick. Yeah. I almost said suck his dick, but I mean, I don't know. I didn't want to go over the <laughs> over the limit, but no. Uh, yeah. I, by the way, I still haven't read Sterner. You assigned it to me last time I was on your show. Oh, dude. I still haven't read him. I did You'll read Spooner it. finally, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you gotten the Anarchist Handbook yet? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's the second chapter is Sterner. So okay, great. I'm, I mean, it's not obviously not the whole book, but it's a it's a passage from it. So I think you'll you'll get a taste and you'll see where I'm coming from. It's definitely very interesting. Knowing the way you think, I really do think you are really going to get off on fucking Sterner. Sterner. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, everything I know about him, I agree with. So that's that. Yeah. Um, I was reading a nonfiction book by a, an agorist who we're not going to name because I name drop him on every single podcast I'm on, including my mm-hmm. own. Um, his initials are VA, and he talks a lot about magic. But uh, yeah. I was reading his book, and then I switched to a novel. So the Anarchist Handbook is next. Yeah, you know, I'm actually like I was reading Ethics of Liberty, and then Anarchist Handbook came out, and I just couldn't help myself. So I'm reading yeah. both now. <laughs> I'm, resist- I'm resisting the urge. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I know because I'm just gonna end up reading one and not the other, and then forget about the other one. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I brought up Pete. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, Tom Woods, obviously. Yeah. Um, he's so literally Tom Woods was the first libertarian I ever read. And that was because I was a traditionalist Catholic Um, and a Catholic blogger who I read back then did a review of Tom Woods's book on the Catholic church. Uh, And that's how I discovered him and sort of around the same time I was also discovering Ron Paul, but Tom Woods was, was very first. Um, And I really like the variety of guests who he has uh, you know, he'll have a college professor one day talking about the, you know, the Austrian business cycle theory or whatever. Um, and then the next day, like an activist who's out marching around protesting lockdowns and stuff. So um, I, yeah. I think if there's anybody who I would like to model myself out of after as a podcaster, it'd probably be him. 
I get that. I can see that. That's interesting. You modeling after him, but in your own distinct individual way, yeah. like in a more utilizing more magic to bring up someone before. Yeah, uh, yeah which I've, we'll get into. <laughs> yeah, I've actually kind of dropped off Tom a little bit, and that's because I guess I've gone more into the magic and less the charts and graphs as of late. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with charts and graphs. I think they have their place. I think he's very much preaching to the choir and building up, you know, the, the fucking, uh, building up, uh, what's the term, whatever the choir, building up the choir or whatever. I'm like, there's another term I was going to work and think of it, but he's building up the troops. So he's great for building him up, but not, I don't feel like he's as great for expanding in like an outward sense, more like insulating, which is fine. I think both are useful. Um, and I guess like Tom is definitely indispensable to a especially a fledgling libertarian and, and really even if you want to stay up to date but he is very much like i don't know i, I don't know if you get what i'm getting at he's like he like i don't, I don't, I don't want to at all come off like i'm shitting on tom at all it's very important to preach the choir the choir needs preaching too but like he says that all the time yeah i mean yeah no and that's something he says that is true it's absolutely true like mm -hmm. so people will be like a lot of people will shit on him, be like oh charts and graphs aren't changing anybody's minds but it's like no but they're taking the people who already agree and giving them more shit to work with yeah. reinvigorating them because i i will say there, there was it was so important tom during the fucking the height of the covid super important even mm -hmm. well i don't think it really made much of a difference to people outside the liberty movement but i know for like someone like me it really made me be like, I'm not crazy. And yeah. that was very important. Like, well, you know, and for me, like I, I, I bought into the mask narrative. I, I never, I never like supported lockdowns or mandates or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, I definitely like when they first started talking about social distancing, I was like, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Um, masks. I, I think I was even arguing in favor of masks in Tom's Facebook group. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, maybe I'm, a little bit less or a little more credulous, I guess, than, than a lot of people are, but, uh, yeah. you know, no, I mean, if it wasn't for Tom, I could have <laughs> easily seen myself doing the same thing. And I had a period of time where I was like, like, well, maybe a bit like, luckily I listened to Tom and then like Ron Paul a lot around that time, like right around mm -hmm. that time, for some reason, the height of the COVID Ron Paul, Liberty report and Tom were very much something I listened to regularly. And they were both are very indispensable in, pushing outside a lot of this fucking COVID bullshit. Yeah. So like, see the Ron Paul Liberty report that I feel about that the same way you do about Tom. I haven't really listened yeah. to the Liberty report in a, a while, maybe, yeah. maybe even over a year. Yeah. I haven't uh, listened to like, like, it's, it's, it's kind of elementary. It's mother's milk. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I love Ron Paul, but, uh, yeah, I just, no, I there's mean, only there's, so many hours in the day. Yeah. The, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, we only have so many hours. He, he has its place. I mean, this isn't me or you shitting on him at all. Like, I mean, if I was to have a friend who was very interested in current events and I wanted to bring him a little bit closer to my thinking, Ron Paul would totally be someone I'd I'd probably send him along to. You know, like he is great, you know, especially because it's like, what is that? It's like 30 minutes long. You know, if you have someone who's not even like big in a podcast, they just want to get their daily news on their way home. Yeah. Great. So like, yeah. Uh, who just went last? I'm all mixed up. You Your did. Turn. Okay. Who do I got next? All right. Now we're going to get to the point of just randoms. Like this isn't like any, this, this is no specific order. So that anyone listening, don't think like we're like, literally it's like, I have my two, which are Dave Smith and Pete Quinones. And then after that, everyone else is literally just like, I will see if it pops up on my notifications and whatever just seems like the best topic. Mm -hmm. Like I may throw them out. I may grab them. Like no one out of this other group has really 
earned my loyalty the part where I will listen to every fucking thing of theirs. It's just, it just literally just depends on the topic, the guest, whatever. Uh, I guess the first one I'll bring up is... I guess I'll go ahead and bring up you. Uh, I mean, you're because I'm, I'm looking, literally looking at my subs right now, so I'm just going to go through my list of subs, and your first one pops up. Uh, you. Yeah, uh, James Gentleman, uh, Blackbird. Great show. I definitely... I mean, uh, it definitely does depend on the guest, but you do have a... Is cool. It's like a, you are a mix of two people we brought up earlier. You're like a mix of you know VA and fucking Tom. Like it's kind of like exactly what you're going for, and it's definitely I'm definitely here for it. You have definitely have interesting guests. Um, you kind of come from a unique perspective. You're you're very much more postmodern, more uh, more outside the box thinking, and then just like just different guests. So I don't know. Do you do you want to uh, do you want to fucking bloviate yourself for a while or? <laughs> uh, no, I, I that that's that's kind of what I'm going for though. I mean, yeah. I'm trying, trying not to brand myself as a libertarian podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, I, I do better and worse at that you know, from episode to episode. Like I just interviewed Buck Johnson who I love, but like, I don't know if he really fits my brand. I'm like desperately avoiding, there's a mayor candidate here in Minneapolis who I know. Um, and he's great. And like, if I had a libertarian political podcast, I'd love to interview him. But like he's so off brand for for Blackbird that like I just can't imagine having him on. So I, it's a little bit limiting, um, being that I swim like almost exclusively in libertarian circles. But I think I'm getting better. Uh, my next, so I have a I have a few more never misses, and uh, there's not much to say about them. Um, let me just kind of go through them. So there's yeah. there's you're welcome, Michael Malice's show. Oh yeah, uh, bring that up. Yeah. I don't I don't think I ever miss one of those. If I do, it's because I'm, I'm not interested in the guest. Um, Same here. Yeah. Then there's baseline with Xavier Hawk from uh, from Unloose the Goose. He's got it's like a four minute show. It's every single morning, um, and he uh, he goes through the crypto prices of the day, a couple of headlines, and that's about it. Like he's just it's just wham bam thank you ma'am. So that's kind of how I wake up. Um, and then Lou Rockwell has a podcast. He hardly ever publishes anymore, um, but when he does, I don't miss it. Sal Mayweather when he publishes, I don't miss it. He's good. Um, and then here's the here's the next big one. Um, his name's Legal Man. His podcast is called The Quash. And holy shit, like <laughs> uh, talk about like just Spoonerite rants. I mean, just every like he's a he's a trial lawyer, so like you know he knows how to talk. And Jesus Christ, like he just he gets like angry and just rants for half an hour, and then he's like, "All right, I'm tired," and then just hangs up. Like that's it. Yeah, uh, I've seen that. him on uh, other shows, and he's always great. I just haven't gone around to watching his own show. You say, is he more? Does he do guests, or is he like is just his own thing? He just comments on the daily thing, or what? Uh, no, it's just him. Every so often, he'll have a guest, but it's like just his buddy. Like they're just he just records their phone call. He never mm-hmm. has like you know high profile guests or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. He's a he's a boomer lawyer who somehow escaped boomerism. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. You have any other uh, must listen tos, or is that it? Um, yes, I do. Ooh, the so this is the person who you introduced me to, and has kind of replaced you as like my regular go to. Oh my god, if I need a guest, uh, <laughs> uh, it's LB Muniz um, of Been Awake. <clears throat> we we have such good chemistry. Um, not to, not to mention that his podcast is just fantastic, but like, mm. we just, we have the same interests. 
um, I don't agree with him on everything. And I know I'm, I put a moratorium on saying that, uh, but I want to make sure that everybody knows that like, you know, we don't see eye to eye all the time, but uh, so you agree with all those other people on everything, right? Yes. Yes. Especially, <laughs> especially, uh, especially you, <laughs> you who I just called a Nazi. Um, <laughs> they were onto something. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, no, LP's great. Yeah, I I knew. I don't remember if I introduced you to him or or him to you or which one or both. But I, I do remember when I uh, I don't remember if it was, when it was. I think it was when I was LP. I was like, dude, this is, James and him are gonna fucking hit it off. Yeah, like so. I'm I I I'm definitely glad I, I hooked you guys up. So because yeah, he's he's good shit for sure. I still need to get him to come on my show. I just haven't thought. The problem is I like to do like topics, and he is just so like fluid and doesn't really have yeah. a thing so i'm like what the fuck do i talk to you about <laughs> that's that's the that's the problem like um i'll go on a podcast and like we're doing this topic to, uh mm-hmm. you know our list of podcasts but if we didn't have well no this is me selling myself short and you've always you always told me not to do this mm-hmm. uh i feel like i don't have much to talk about but then i always end up going three or four hours so exactly never, yeah no never you, you never definitely mind. You definitely have way more talk than you think, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I guess we'll move into. I mean, we talked to them. I we'll we'll start going to the the other ones. Um, Naturalist capitalist Reed actually was just on his show. Mm. He's another one I've been listening to more lately. Uh, he definitely is the Tomez on the guest. He's a good interviewer. Uh, solid stuff. It's it's also just more interesting to see his evolution because I do think he's a new anarchist. He kind of like got notoriety quick with his lib unity thing. And so it's just interesting to see how he's handling that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely interested to see where he goes. He's very earnest individual. I've gotten to know him on a personal level. I'm very interested to see where he goes and how he uses this this uh, notoriety of his he's gotten. So yeah, yeah, I've only I've only listened to Reed once, and it was when Tom Woods like republished his interview on that show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in fact, I was trying to find him today, and he's not even in Apple Podcasts, as far as I can tell. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to hit him up to help him add himself or whatever uh how how did he end up just blowing up like you got the uh i mean he'd been this isn't to me say sell him sell him short or anything from my understanding he'd been doing podcasting for a good while probably about like nine months a little bit more um and then just i don't know how but like dave smith came upon him came came on, came on him or whatever not came on him but came upon him and then I somehow they <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's how you send. You get Dave Smith to come on you. <laughs> but uh, fucking, I don't know exactly how it went about. Um, but yeah, then he kind of got the, the eye of Dave Smith. It elevated him. And I'm just not at all to say that like he only got from Dave Smith because it's like one of those things. It's like if you get noticed by a big dog, there's probably a reason. And he's uh, he's still been able to maintain his relevancy. Um, yeah, he just that that's a lot of it. Uh, it just it's just interesting. I like him because he just genuinely seems like an earnest person. Really wants to see liberty get furthered i think he genuinely isn't entirely he doesn't he comes from this humble place of i'm not 100 percent sure how i just want to work together and it's i don't know i just very much see myself a lot in him and like especially like earlier on because he's like newer to anarchists i think he's become an anarchist from the past like six months to a year and that's not at all to say he's like stupid or anything <clears throat> he's just it's just interesting to see him on his journey like he's definitely on his journey learning new shit he, he knows his stuff it's not to say he doesn't know his stuff it's just I still think it's interesting. He's still figuring out a little bit. So, yeah. What do you, What are your thoughts on on liberty unity? It's. I think lib unity is. It's almost a non point because it's like he's been very clear on it. Okay, unity. I feel like has connotations of compromise. 
Yeah. And, but oh, then, dude. yeah. Yeah. He, I, I'm, I'm writing an article on it and you're, you're, you, that was my exact, my first uh, section <laughs> was unity requires compromise. And like, well, I not mean, necessarily. It depends on how you define it because words are squirrely. Words mm-hmm. depend, words are defined by the users. Yeah. So it's uh, like, yes, if you define it a certain way, and then no, if you define it another way. Like, and so if you settle on the same term as someone, but because the term, when I hear Reed use it, and then other people who have like similar things to read, his thing is like, it's, I always bring the Frederick, Frederick Douglass quote of like, I would unite with anyone to do right and with nobody to do wrong. And that's how he defines it. So there's no you, there's no compromise there. It's just a matter of like, hey, if me and you're on the same page, cool. If not, fuck off. And it's, like, so it's kind of almost like a non thing. I, I don't know. I guess it's, I don't know. We talked yeah, about this today sounds, a little bit. That hmm? sounds more like like temporary alliances rather yes. than unity. So, well, anyway, I'm I'm gonna write up on it. I'm gonna write on it. And uh, actually, Drew Hancock, who I don't I don't have on my list, but he's good. Um, his is a, he just has a YouTube channel. I don't think he, I don't think he publishes it as, like as yeah. a podcast, but, um, he just did something yesterday on it as well on unity. Yeah. No, it just really is how you define. And it's one of those things I feel like a lot of people who shit on it or comment on it don't really even take the time to figure out how the people who are using it are defining it. Mm-hmm. Cause the way that Reed is using it is to be like, Hey, if we're, we were on the same page, cool. And for the things we're not on the same page, no, which I mean, that's kind of how I am with anybody. Like yeah. I brought up in the episode I did with him today, there was some guy that I was arguing, arguing with vehemently on Twitter about some, some shit. I think it was some like theism, atheism thing. And he got like kind of shitty with me and like, we got really into it. And then, but then we have also since then multiple times on things we agree with been like on the same page, like in like some Twitter thread or some shit. And so mm-hmm. it's like, sure. I bet like, it's my thing is like, like when me and you agree, I will be like a hundred percent have your back and be like be a fucking goddamn warrior for you. But if I disagree, fuck off. Like I mean, I I will throw you to the wolves. Like I I don't give a shit. Like my our our areas of agreement in no way buys me buys you any favor from me in our areas of disagreement. I mean, obviously, I may not be an asshole about it depending on what it is. If it's something about like if it's something that I find to be important, especially like aggressing against people, then yes. Mm. But if it's something like you know I don't know ice cream flavors or some shit like obviously like that's stupid, but I don't know it's just a definition thing. It's squirrely. I feel like the it's it's a language problem with the lib unity thing because it's like yeah. I get what they're going for, but it's like it has connotations that don't that cause issues. Yeah. Right? So one, like, well, and one issue is that like in order to have unity, we're gonna have to eject some people from the movement, and that's like the opposite of unity. Yeah. Which and, we've, we've talked about. Like, that's actually one thing that I was talking about today with him where I was saying, I joke that to, I was saying I joke to him mm-hmm. about me being the, the uni divider. But I feel like, especially with the way that Reed is defining it, this is two sides of the same coin because I'm all about dividing people, taking the liberty folks and further mm-hmm. cementing them towards liberty, taking this, the, the authoritarians and further cementing them that way. That way we can separate the wheat from the shaft. Cause I feel like with today's fucking uh, world, we're in like, it's, it's grind time. Like we, yeah. we don't have enough time to be fiddling around. Like pick your fucking ego that way. And then I was saying to him, like, like the unity would be like, all right, well now you're uting, you, you now you are going to unify people on this side of the divide. So like, yeah, that's kind of the way I see it. So I think that's right. I don't know, but it really is just such a squirrely. I feel like it's very sloppy wording, but at the same time I can see why it's catchy because it's, you know, like that's, that's the problem with like slogans. Sometimes like the slogans that are catchy aren't as accurate as they need to be and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I don't know. Like if I just say, I use the Frederick Douglass quote, like that is not catchy at all. 
(laughs) It's a good quote, but it's not a catchy (laughs) slogan. So, (laughs) yeah. All right. Um, Um, My next, my next almost never miss. It's kind of shameful. And I know you're going to laugh at me about this, but it's the reason round table. It's for, (laughs) it's the re the, the editors of reason magazine, four of them, uh, doing like a rundown of the, of the news of the week every Monday. And I hardly ever, I hardly ever miss it. And the reason I like it is because it, it kind of keeps me centered. Like I, all of my, all of my podcasts are like, I mean, Tom Woods is the least radical of the, of the podcasts I listen to. And like in, in today's sort of cultural milieu, like he's pretty radical. So Mm -hmm. the reason folks keep me grounded and centered a little bit, um, I am finding myself more and more apoplectic listening to it, um, especially over COVID. Like, God, they just they just drank the COVID Kool Aid so much last year. Um, and then, like, when the mask mandate started getting lifted last month, uh, they they were like acting like they had been completely, you know, opposed to masks the entire time. It was so weird. It was really really weird to me. Uh, so it also keep it also helps me kind of keep a finger to the like what the mainstream of libertarianism is thinking and talking about without actually having to follow like Nick Starwark or somebody. Yeah, no, you're I mean that's a good point. I'm I'm very much like um I guess in some senses, you know, I'm just to throw away a flippant term, but like I've gotten a little more involved in my echo chamber, but I feel like it's one of those things where it's like I only have so much time for so much stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. like I don't really want to listen to content I don't want to listen to. So I like, listen to it on two X if that's any if that's okay. any. <laughs> but I see the utility in it for sure because it is good to keep yourself centered, you know, capitalize and underline center. Because I I joke around that these type of people are centrists who are yep. like fucking like just like cool. You stand for nothing, but like I, it is definitely useful. Like I used to employ that tactic a lot more. I used to listen to like Bill Maher and stuff like that. But then you get to a point where like, especially once you feel like you understand them enough, you're like, okay, well I don't need to continually listen to you. Mm-hmm. Cause I can kind of just predict what your take is going to be anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I feel that way too. Actually, which, which I definitely probably could use more of the reason stuff. Cause I actually don't think I have my finger on the pulse as enough as what like a blue pill libertarian would think on every issue. Yeah. So where I do and more for leftists and stuff. Surprisingly, Nick Gillespie who catches a lot of shit on our, on our, in our circles, he's been the most red pilled over COVID and like everything of the, of the last year. Um, it might just be because he's like an old, old school libertarian. Um, but he's been, he's been like the voice of reason at reason, which yeah. is, which is interesting. Um, is it, it's your turn. Go. It's me. Yeah. Liberty lockdown, Clint Liberty lockdown. Yes. He's also, he's been great. He's, uh, <laughs> very much a similar phenomenon to read. And then he's kind of mm-hmm. like a new up and comer in a sense, but he's good shit. He it's, it's just fun. Cause he's a little bit more hardcore. He's a little bit more like laid back in the, uh, Dave Smith type way. And just kind of like the, every, Oh, no, maybe not like every man, but just more of the guy that you could just like see yourself shooting the shit with and ta- making dick jokes and stuff like that kind of guy. Like, so he's a little bit more laid back in that sense. I do. I definitely dig him. It's definitely. Obviously just depends on the guest. I've also yeah. gotten to know him as a person. So it's been really great. He's a great guy. Um, yeah. I don't know if you any thoughts on Liberty Lockdown. I have a whole lot to throw uh, in it. Yeah, no, that's me too. Basically yeah. it depends on the guest. Um, yeah. My next one is radical with Shane Hazel. Uh, I don't oh. think I miss an episode of that. If I do, it's just like he and this is actually more up your alley, I guess. He he interviews a lot of like veterans and stuff like that, which I don't get too into. 
Um, like I haven't even, dude, I'm so sorry. I haven't even listened to your episode that you've been pimping so much lately. Like as long as you share it, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I've been sharing it. I I even I even I even uh, promoted it to Thad Russell to try to get. Yeah, to get no, that's uh, I mean, uh, you're not necessarily the target audience I'm going for, but I definitely would just to. It was very emotionally impactful, and it very yeah. is a honestly is the most ideal anti join the military episode I could possibly think of mm-hmm. because and it comes from my perspective as an eleven year eleven year veteran of the air force in a i mean i wouldn't say it's such a cushy job i have a, like i'm a mechanic so i mean like I, it's not like i have like a desk job but it's it's fairly relaxed i'm in the air force good environment and then you contrast it against someone who's the opposite who's mil who's army who's been in for like four years and legit saw combat and was bent to the shit because the army gets treated way worse you can see two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. that you get to see the shitty scene combat like really had the the dirty fucking job of like the army slash marines because they get treated way worse and then me who's had the more like what you think of when you think of government it's like bureaucratic bullshit kind of had a cushy job good paycheck blah blah blah, for 11 years and you get to compare and contrast the two of us and then on top of that you get to deal with like he legit tells a story of like having like killing people and it's like kind of fucked up because you can put yourself in the thought of like i can totally see why he'd do that Like, even though, like, one of, like, he brings up two examples. One example is a, um, he kills these, he kills three guys who he wasn't sure if they had had weapons on them or not. But by their body language and what was going on at the time, he assumed they were combatants. But he did not know. He said, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. And he killed them. And it was one of those things where it's like, he was a gunner in a helicopter. And it was one of those things where it's like, he, and it was like, this is one of those decisions that if I don't make this split second decision, people could die. Mm-hmm. And like, he's totally right. And the, the, that one was like, apparently they found the bodies later and they had weapons. So he was right. His instincts were right. But then that kind of put him on a logical path to start thinking about combat in a certain way. And he legit later, the final, like the most fucked up thing was there was a guy that like he was in the, in the, up in the copter, you know, fucking, and he saw this guy who ran away, dropped his gun, ran away and he gunned him down. And like, you think about it on a surface level and you're like, that's fucking awful. And it is awful. But on a tactical level, you know, like in a Machiavellian sense, it's like that person almost certainly is going to come back and kill someone later. Sure. And probably someone, you know, and like, while <laughs> it is like me and you would be like, you just shouldn't put yourself in that situation in the first place. But you know what? You're in that situation. And these are people, you know, and you are responsible for other lives. And so you can totally make an easy utilitarian argument of like, you know, like why you should fucking kill that guy. And like, and it also is a split second decision where you don't really have time to think these things through. And yeah. like, and then on top of that, and it's not to say that he's saying that war is good or anything. He's like, he's super torn up about it now. And then the, to add all of that on it, he joined so he could get school. And then now he like kind of has come to the conclusion. A lot of us libertarians have that, you know, like the whole like fucking, you know, four year degree type yeah. path isn't ideal. And now he just wants to go to trade school and the trade school is like 500 bucks. And Jesus so Christ. he did all that for that. And it's, I mean, oh. that's it. anyone listening, go check that out for the love of God. Please share oh. everywhere. Share, 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 share. It's a, the best fucking, uh, like don't join the military message in the world. And he's very much like, don't join the military. Cause like be ripped to shreds though. Yeah. He's fucking, he's pretty fucked up about it. Like big yeah. time. Like I was worried I was going to cry in the episode. I didn't. I mean, he was audio only and he was bringing I'm worried a that I'm going to cry right now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fucked up shit. But uh, I mean, it's I can't think of a better anti-war message. So like, yeah. 
I don't know. And then on top of that, then he kind of was like, you know, I'm a little bit jealous of you when he was like talking about me, but I'm like, well, me at the same time, I've been lulled into this like false sense of security and like had this like cushy job for 11 years. And now here I am getting out when I've kind of built my life around it. So like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not at all wishing I had what he had in any way. At the same time, in some sense, at least he kind of got, got hit with reality real quick and got to be like, get the fuck out. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas I got lulled into this like false sense of like, I got a good paycheck, you know, like the benefits are good, you know, like, and here I am <laughs> like now I'm at 11 years getting out like halfway through over halfway through a quote unquote career. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, back to the topic. <laughs> I know. Shane yeah. is great though. Shane is fucking awesome. Yeah. Shane, I've, I've done an episode with him. I've been on his show as well. I love Shane. I can't recommend him enough. He is a fucking sweetheart and he's fucking hilarious um he's a great I, guy. oh yeah i actually met him in pennsylvania i was at their lp convention and yep. uh he was there that was yeah it was, it was a lot of fun he's, yeah no i, I can't i can't commend him enough he's he's a fucking great guy um and actually i think he's gonna have that schroeder guy on whenever he can i think he's gonna be later yeah. whenever the guy comes off of i don't know, leave or some shit so he he was the one who answered my call to fucking be like get this guy on somewhere and i'm super glad i couldn't have, aside yeah. from maybe like the scott horton show like i couldn't think of anywhere else for him to go if anybody's gonna do it shane's probably the best yeah him and, and i mean if he goes on thad russell's show thad oh my god thad thad would be <laughs> like honestly thad, the, thad, thad and him would just be like in puddles of tears just like both yep. of them just weeping thad scott and shane are the ideal ones i would like him to mm -hmm. go on because that, that's those are the best places to distribute i mean i guess maybe being greedy i would say dave as well although it just honestly dave's not the best one to talk about it he just has the biggest platform yeah so. exactly <laughs> <laughs> i use just more of that aspect of i want to get the message out so, but like, I, I don't know if, if anything ever comes in my, if everything crumbles in my podcast, if I can just get this guy's story out, that's all I care about. Cause mm -hmm. I think the anti-war message is the most important message in Liberty. So the most important number two being which, like the drug war. So, which that Scott Horton should be on my never miss list. And I don't think I've listened to a Scott Horton show in months. I've dropped and off Scott Horton too, I, but he is great I, shit. He is. And like I donate and I would never, ever want, antiwar.com or libertarian institute to go away but like like you like we keep saying there's only so many hours in the day uh and god mm. it, that shit is so depressing sometimes like yeah and he's very much in the minutia of different foreign policy yeah. and i've gotten past the point of arguing like foreign policy with people mm, like sure sure i mean i will argue foreign policy but usually if someone tries to argue foreign policy with me and they're like well israel did this or palestine did that or fucking syria did this i'm like whoa 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 Okay, and I will like legit back it up and be like, bring it, bring it to like, I guess, like theory, if you will, and I'll be like, is it okay to do this if someone does yeah. this? Like, it I'm not, me, I'm not interested in arguing the minutia of what country did what. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. reminds me of uh, when God, I don't remember if this was the the Brooklyn Center Minneapolis one or the Chicago one. But here recently, there's a there's a police shooting where you know they shot a kid who had a gun. He dropped the gun, and they still shot him, and. Like they found the gun behind the fence that he was coming through, but like he dropped the gun, like his hands were up uh, and people were and libertarians even were, were saying uh, uh, they found a gun. He had a gun. He was armed. They, they were within their rights to shoot him. And like, no, I mean, the reason that they tell you to put your hands up and drop your weapon is so that they don't have to shoot you. Yeah. Uh, so it's that, it's that it, it's kind of getting back to that. You know, why are you looking at the particulars when, we have a first principle to, to lean on. 
Yeah, which is like you can kind of – that's why I prefer to go there because it is, it is great to like – because I used to be super into Scott Horton and super mm. into current events. So then whenever any of my like status friends would like question me on shit, I could blow them away and they'd be like, holy shit, this dude knows his stuff. And like don't get me wrong, that, that was great in a sense because I got it completely owned them on that front. Yeah. But like – and they kind of give it to be like, well, look where this guy's coming from. But it, it takes so much effort to be so up on the current yeah. events and the foreign policy minutia when it's just so much easier just to bring it back to first principles. Yeah. And that's kind of where I want to get their thinking at anyways. I used to so, go on drunken rants and bars too, which was, <laughs> was never, it was never, it was never cute. So yeah. So <clears throat> All right, I, you're next. I wanted to add in, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, I want, I'm going to sprinkle in some here to other non-libertarian shit. So yeah. uh, this isn't necessarily a podcast per se, but like I'm a comics guy and comics explained. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, he just goes into like, he did like, I mean, I, he would do like 40 minute explain videos on, you know, the X-Men character cable or shit like that. And like, or different storylines. He's a great one for comics. So if you want to get into comics and start learning about comic book characters or, or say there, you even are just as simple as there's a comic book movie coming out and you don't know what, and you're like, who the fuck is this character? And I guarantee you could go to comics explained, find his channel, type in that character and boom, you'll, you'll have a fucking probably a 20 to 45 minute video explaining the character and, I'm a big comic book guy, so it's great, you know. To it, I use, I use, I like to use those as like ways to find new new stories to follow. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you, maybe you want to sprinkle in a non-libertarian one now too. I'm sure you Absolutely. don't have anything to say on that one. <laughs> no, I've never listened to it in my yeah. life. I haven't even listened to Mark Claire's comics pod- podcast. So. Oh, that one's good too. I they probably should have brought that up, but I was trying to go a little bit outside the pale. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's good. Um, one non-libertarian podcast that I listen to, and I'm going to lump in crypto with, with libertarianism, even though I have two crypto podcasts that aren't specifically libertarian. Uh, Philosophize This. It's an old show. Um, it's a huge audience show. I but used to dude, watch that, I think. He goes, yeah. He's gone from like Socrates all the way up now to the postmodernists. Um, each episode is just a deep dive into some thinker or school of thought in, in philosophy. Um, I believe, I know he did Ayn Rand and he did the Austrians. He did the Austrians versus Marx, which I, I thought that they probably could have each used their own, their own episode. I think he did a few episodes on Marx, which eh, whatever. Um, he hasn't gotten into Hans Hoppe, although I emailed him once and he said that he would. So uh, I thought that would be pretty cool because Hoppe, I think Hoppe is even better than Rothbard as far as as far as uh, theory and philosophy goes. Yeah, I highly suggest for us liberty folks to, to spread out a little bit and do other philosophy other mm-hmm. than fucking liberty stuff specifically. Because I feel like it expands your mind. It's good stuff. Like, because I kind of, in a sense, came to liberty through like atheism philosophy. Because there's a lot of philosophy there and like, you know, how you question things and stuff like that. And I'll probably get into some channels there later. But yeah, and that kind of like gave me logical tools and stuff and not all of them. That's kind of where I found, God, I wish I could remember his name. I totally will think of it later. The uh, one philosopher who's like, if you could, if you could imagine the perfect world and that's how you kind of get the, that's how you get a lot of commie bullshit. You know, you, you know which philosopher I'm talking about? Uh, he has no. the, oh, fuck, I'm going to think of it later. Someone will probably be like, I don't know, whatever. I'll think of it later. But like, I don't know. I found, a, went to a lot of philosophy there and it, it expanded my mind. And then I found ones I don't agree with. And I don't know. I mean, and a lot of people are like worried they're going to find it's going to bring them down paths they don't want to go. But it's like, I don't know. What are you scared of learning shit? I, I don't know what to say. Um, all right. Uh, next one. I want to give this guy a mention because he is great for like, he's another one. I think he's like learning stuff. He's having all different types of guests on. Why libertarian? I don't know if you, have you been on his show yet? 
No, I haven't. I didn't even know he had a show. Honestly, I, I follow him on Twitter, but uh, he hasn't entered dude, meditation. I, dude, I will fucking. You need it. You need to get on there. I think you, you'll have good stuff. Cool. I've done. Uh, I think three episodes with him. I did one that was just an episode with me. I did an episode that was me and Sal Mayweather and the Clean Libertarian. It was supposed to be Tommy Salmons, but then Tommy Salmons had some stuff come up, and it was supposed to be like an agorism versus politics like debate slash conversation. And then it, it, where Tommy Salmons left, it was just me and Sal versus Clean. Oh God! <laughs> but luckily, it was a it was a polite conversation. It wasn't really a debate style, so it was just a polite conversation. Good. But like, obviously, like you know, he was kind of two v one. But <laughs> I'm glad but we're it, yeah. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're uh, moving beyond that argument now. Now I guess it's like what the agorists kind of have gone their way, and now it's like Libertarian Party versus GOP, which is even more boring as far as I'm concerned. Although I want to revisit the fucking the agorism versus politics, not not me specifically, but on a larger stage. Because I feel like we've had this GOP versus like LPMC conversation, but on a larger stage, we have not had the other discussion. Like the oh, yeah. big dogs haven't had this, in my opinion, other than maybe like. Oh, Pete. true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've had a lot in the small stage. I don't know what the deal is there. I've been trying to fucking well, drift that big time, but whatever. Yeah, Vin Armani's taking a hiatus from doing podcast interviews, apparently. So maybe when he maybe when he comes back, he'll he'll want to do it with like Dave Smith or something like that. Well, but, they tried to. Uh, have, they had that spat a while ago, and it ended up yeah. being a. I don't know. Then we tried. To, a lot of us have been trying to push Sal for that. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I can get Dave. Although I feel like Dave would outclass me, even if I have the right position, yeah. just because he's Dave. Well, and Dave would outclass <laughs> Sal too. I mean, yeah. Sal, Sal has talking points. He doesn't have arguments. I mean, like I love Sal, but like you know, I mean, I think if if you're gonna have Dave, who is like a seasoned debater at this point, mm-hmm. then you're gonna need someone like Vin Armani to to kind of go toe to toe with him. Although I feel like Vin has a tip like has a man a tendency to go into the abstract Shit, we're and, using his name oh no we evoked him God. <laughs> but we have it we have a tendency he has a tendency of like going to the abstract and like i don't know i think if you have i don't know i don't know how like him versus dave will work because i feel like dave would be the kind that would bring him back to the logical and then hammer him on it and sure. then vin would be the type to just get cunty about it yeah because i don't i mean i like vin but i feel like if he, he might if anyone's listening or like trying to like start shit, I mean, I'm totally surmising, but I could totally be see him being the kind of guy that if someone in a debate then pulls you back into logic and tries to hold you to like logical fallacies sure. and be like this, no, you can't do that. Then I could see him getting like shitty. Like, I don't yeah, know. I might be wrong. Cause, Cause he gets in the abstract sometimes. I haven't seen him debate though. So maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. And he's maybe just, he doesn't he's debate. Smart guy. I, I mean, Maybe maybe that's just not his thing. I, I don't like debating. Um, yeah, I mean I'd rather have a conversation. Honestly, yeah, I think it's yeah. more productive. I'm not. A, I, I don't know if it's something I'm super solid on. I probably would be okay debating. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, but, is it my turn? You did. Sure. You did yeah, I don't remember who okay. went last, but <laughs> uh, you said why libertarian? Um, let me look at my list. So I've got. I said earlier two crypto podcasts that I listen to. Um, one of them, her name is Crypto Casey, and it's spelled the guy way, C-A-S-E-Y. Uh, and she's fantastic. She does a weekly podcast like on her own YouTube channel that she also publishes to podcast things. Um, and then her Instagram, she does Q&As. And basically, she just kind of does a rundown of, of like what's going on in the crypto markets. So if you're interested in that, she's definitely the, the one to go to. And then the next one is called Bankless. And they're real tied up in the Ethereum um, kind of 
universe. Um, they're definitely not libertarian. Uh, they're like super blue pilled, which, um, or maybe not blue pilled, but definitely progressive. And that's, I like, I like the Ethereum community for lack of a better word, because they are kind of socially progressive and it shows that, that, that crypto can kind of go beyond libertarianism, um, which I think it needs to, in order to kind of gain critical mass. Yeah, no, that is an important thing with the uh, going beyond, because it is one of the beauty things. Like, say, say something, uh, I don't know, like Lyft or fucking Uber. Like, mm -hmm. that is a that employed a lot of libertarian fucking like theory, but yeah. you didn't have to argue libertarian theory. You were just like, hey, yeah. here's a superior product. Do you want it? Yeah, I want it. And then yep. it's like you kind of by default bring people to your ideology through actually doing it i mean they may not recognize it. it's kind of the konkin thing where it's like how there are people who utilize agorism who aren't actually philosophically on the up yeah. and up they're just doing it and that's it's the same idea so that is very <laughs> important i think that's what one beautiful thing about like crypto or even like 3d guns even though, even though there's a little bit more in like a niche in like liberty type stuff so, sure but it's getting there yeah so uh, i'm gonna go hang out with cody wilson in texas which you've refused to go to uh, um, i'm not going all the way to texas dude <laughs> Yeah. Well, what do they say? Steers and queers? <laughs> no, yeah, kidding. what's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm neither. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I would go. I just, I'm not want to travel much. That's why I, I, I might want to go to that like Mises event, but it shit's like fucking 500 bucks. Jesus. Although at the same time, it's like, that'd be pretty dope. It's a lot of big wigs. Yeah. And it'd be, be really cool. fucking cool. It's like a three day event, I think. So, but I'm like, I'm very, very tempted, but I'm like, ah, fuck this expensive. My wife's going to fucking kill me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Next one. This is like a manga slash anime thing. Geekdom 101. So, I mean, that's just a quick one. I don't really have to go any, anything deep there. If you like manga, if you like fucking, if you like, uh, anime, most, a lot of like Dragon Ball Z. So like, yeah. I like to follow that stuff. I mean, I you, I liked manga or not manga. I've never really been one to be in manga. I've read a couple mangas. They're okay. Uh, there's some cool ones like Berserk is like a classic. Um, but you'd you'd probably like that a lot. But uh, so far as anime, I used to lot watch a lot when I was a kid. I've gotten more into it as an adult now that I have kids because it's like something me and my kids can connect on. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that so that to me like anime is one of the most elegant and beautiful art forms and i and i use that term like earnestly that i can think of I, I i i love anime um i don't get too into it uh because i a lot of times i can't follow the storylines and stuff like that it's just i'm not a very good consumer of tv but uh like man it, what the stuff that i do get into like fma and um what's the one with the giants uh fucking attack on titan oh it's a good one yeah. uh, man i love them like yeah so yeah. Anyway, there's there's so much variance because people put like anime in a box, but it's like there's everything. Like Attack on Titan, I would never watch with my kids. But then I have stuff like yeah, my hero. It's so mature. Yeah. Then I have stuff like My Hero Academia, which is basically like a cutesy like superhero type uh -huh. anime. There's all sorts of shit. Like and it's a, I love it because it's great for connecting with my kids. I watch old Dragon Ball that I used to watch with my like as a kid with my kids. Like I don't know. I, I, it is great for connecting with kids, and especially where I have girls. I know something about anime. I don't know if it's just, it just, I feel like it has a more of a cross gender appeal. I might be wrong. I don't know. Cause it's hard being like a, not that I'm super manly, but like I kind of am more masculine and have masculine um, proclivities. And, but then I have daughters and it's like, I got, it's hard to find things to connect with them on because it's like, I'm not into girl shit. <laughs> so, like, anime has been good at like kind of crossing that bridge. So I but, think it's uh, really cool that you're, that you're exposing your kids to it though. 
Yeah, like, no, it's, 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 it's just really neat. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, You're, it's your turn. Anyways, <laughs> it is my turn. You're right. Uh, let's see. So this is, this is an, this is like an obvious one because I talk about them all the time, but Thad Russell's unregistered podcast um, or is it Renegade? I can never remember. Renegade. I think it's yeah. no Renegade University unregistered podcast. Yes. I should know these things. I yeah. freaking I, like I work for the guy. He's got me on staff. So I should, you're like I a product of him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the I mean, unregistered podcast. I, I listen to most episodes. They're kind of long. So, you know, if, if I'm not super interested in the guests and um, I might just I might just either skip it or or listen to like the first half and get the gist. Uh, but, you know, I love I love I love Thad's sort of worldview and way of thinking, although, man, lately he's been he's been really like getting deep into Steve Bannon's podcast. Yeah. And so now he's like like he's not like calling for war against China, but man, he sure does. He sure <laughs> does sound like Steve Bannon. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, no, he, he so. does. Definitely. I think uh Thaddeus is a good spot of like fulfilling or filling a niche that was kind of empty within libertarianism. Yeah. Cause like we are so subject to, cause me and you are very friendly with postmodernism type thought and stuff like that. And I feel like, I don't know, there's a certain, I can't remember his name right now, but he's, he's kind of a cunty when it comes to like postmodernism and like he's, and then also Jordan Pearson. There's uh, like so many people who just shit oh, on postmodernism. Oh, probably. No, he's a Liberty guy. He's uh, the the information gulag or whatever, or Google gulag. Oh, Michael Reckon. Yes. Michael Reckon. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I Whenever he talks about postmodernism, my eyes roll. And I don't even know that much about <laughs> postmodernism, and I can tell he's being disingenuous. Sure. So, like, I, well, that's the thing. And, and having not lived and studied in the, in the, like, I guess what, like 40 years ago or whenever it was that the, that the postmodernists were really kind of, in their prime um i don't know who's right because what thad presents as postmodernism and what michael rechtenwald presents as postmodernism are completely different from one another um it's like it's like it's like they read the same books and and got different things out of it or maybe they just read different books i don't really know i mean um, to be fair i guess i can't really comment too much so i re finally get around to reading those books sure. at the same time the vibe i get is that thaddeus is kind of being like well, I guess it depends on who you read. You can interpret this from that. Yeah. And but he's like, but these postmodernist thinkers have these thoughts. But then yeah. like, but then it seems like Rectumwald is very much just throwing away the entire like mode of thought because yeah. some of the writers have bad have wrong think. That's that's <laughs> the thing. I mean, Adam Smith and Marx were both modernists. Mm. Like they're both materialist uh, thinkers in that era if my dog starts barking i'm really sorry the neighbors just went outside um the like so i guess it's probably a lot the same way in postmodernism i mean mm. there's like a postmodern era it's not so much like a postmodern philosophy any more than it's like a modern economic system or whatever so yeah may maybe that's it like i've only read it i've read a little bit of foucault and like i mean i've listened to the uh philosophize this episodes on it and stuff like that but, yeah but no, he definitely like even if you think postmodernism is completely bullshit, it's still at the same time you would want someone who's friendly with those ideas to bring people towards liberty. Yeah, like I think so. Yeah. So and that's very much Thaddeus. And I feel like I've seen more. I'm very glad Thaddeus came about because I've seen more people that have kind of taken up that mantle a little bit, like me, you. I mean, I can't think of any on top of my head, but there have been very much more people friendly to the concepts of postmodernism since Thaddeus kind of stepped in the scene. 
Whereas it was very much just like faux pas with the rectum walls and the Port Petersons of the world saying that it fucking, it was the subject of every evil or whatever the fuck. So I'm definitely glad that he yeah. came about. He definitely, definitely has had his impact on, on that thing. And that's another thing. Pete, Pete, I don't think he's ever gone deep into postmodernism, but he's definitely similar, similar in that he's friendly to the concepts and he's, mm-hmm. he's kind of talked about it before. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to have thinkers within the movement who aren't scared of different thoughts. You know what I mean? Well, and, and Pete has a unique experience in that he went to like a fundamentalist seminary. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he came from that like hard and fast black and white way of seeing the world. And he still, he still gets into it a little bit. Like when he had bird on his show, he was like, Oh, I can prove to you that Catholics aren't Christian. Like, I mean, you don't <laughs> even say that kind of shit. Come on, dude. But, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. So when, when Pete talks about stuff like that, I really get into it, especially when he's talking with the, with the timeline earth guys. Uh, yeah. which that could be its own podcast right there is oh him God, interviewing yeah. bird and car and Aaron. That was one of my favorite things of this past year was like his, his episodes with bird. And then also yeah. really just all the timeline earth guys. I don't know why <laughs> they just, yeah. That but, Deleuze episode. Mm. Holy shit, man. Yeah. That blew my mind. I listened to it like three times. Yeah, no, they were all fucking, they were so, I, they were, I was so goddamn stoked for everyone. Those episodes. So anyone yeah. listening, like if you know what I'm talking about, like, I don't know. Gee, there's your dog. Uh, go fucking DM Pete or fucking go look for it, whatever. Like, I will find it for you. Those episodes were fucking a delight. And like, I had already read Sterner too before they covered it. They covered Sterner as well, which yeah. I mean, that is one uh, one person I cannot plug enough. I do think he has very important concepts that need to be spread within Liberty because it allows you to. Th- I feel like it allows you to think on different layers. But anyways, I'm gonna move on to the next one. I'm actually gonna to do two, and these are gonna be my. In my opinion, the best one, the best person for the number one most important issue, and the best person for the number two most important issue. Uh, we kind of already talked on the one, uh, fucking uh, Scott Horton. He's the best on the number one issue, and then the Clean Libertarian podcast, who's a new up and comer, best on the number two. He is a former drug addict, felon, whatever, so you can kind of speak on things from that way. And I feel like he is someone who really needs his due. Uh, I try to plug him as much as I can because. I mean, I joke and tell them it's the second most important thing, but you know what? It's still the second most important. It's still fucking important. And there aren't a whole lot of people covering like really these two in a serious manner. So, and he's able to speak from it from a spot of experience. Me and have actually done a few episodes together because I have a yeah. storied past with drugs myself. So, <laughs> yeah, I I've listened to one of your episodes with him. I've never listened to his show, but uh, um, I definitely like where I, I definitely like where he comes from. Yeah. Um, I guess in keeping with that theme, uh, Mike Adelic, uh, who. Did you? No, no, no. It wasn't you. It was, uh, I think, Buck or Mark Claire, one of the two. Um, I was looking for I was looking for somebody to interview on psychedelics because I was just interested in it. And one of them mentioned Mike Brancatelli, who used to be like he was he was the the Robbie Bernstein before Robbie Bernstein was on part of the problem. Um, he went and had he did an ayahuasca ceremony down in Peru, came back immediately quit his job at gas digital network and like just followed his bliss um and has been hosting this this podcast on psychedelics called micadelic uh, ever since um he's a stand-up comic like like dave and robbie and um so anyway i've been really getting into his show i just interviewed him today uh that that'll come out in a couple of weeks um but man what a great conversation and like what a just awesome show yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to it. Is my mic still working? I actually bumped the USB. No, you 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 went tinny. Oh fuck! Give me a second. This is super refreshing. Right. There, there it is. is. 
I'm back. All right. <laughs> I don't have to edit that because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking, um, yeah, no, it's great shit. Uh, next, Rationality Rules. He is I mean, obviously not a podcast. He's more of like a short bits. He is he comes from the atheist perspective, but he also covers a lot of like uh, he's kind of like where atheism and philosophy kind of meet. He's good shit. I would definitely check check him out. He actually was uh, I think there was one or two episodes where uh, somehow he made a part of the problem. This is like a year or two ago. Oh, they cool. made a part of the problem thing, huh? Where do you where do you find him? I've never even heard of him. He's on YouTube. Rationality rules. Uh, he's good shit. He has a lot of good stuff. Like uh, I'm pretty sure like uh dave broke down like one of his episodes on like liber libertarianism or some shit and i was always like really hoping they would fucking like get together and are you there yeah oh, okay you were very still i was like shit <laughs> but no uh i was really hoping they'd get together and talk more because like rationality rules is one of those guys who's like very intellectually honest i just think he hasn't really explored liberty that much so i was like I was like, man, if I could get these, if these two could like talk, that'd be fucking great. Cause especially cause like Dave has gotten more into like woo woo as of late, in my opinion. I know a lot of people differ. He's gotten a little bit more conservative Christian as he always jokes. And uh, so I think like the meeting of them two, those two would be great because rationality rules hasn't really delved deep into like liberty. So like, I know he did an episode on it and Dave picked it apart, but he was like coming from a perspective where he was just looking at like the, the popular, I'm pretty sure he like mostly focused on like Ayn Rand and shit. So it's like, mm -hmm. You know, like, obviously, if you're like, oh, this is why Ayn Rand's wrong, and this is your, your fucking review of libertarianism, it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, God, I was kind of always hoping they would get into it more, but uh, whatever, because they kind of have both, I think they both have a lot to benefit from each other, but whatever, this is long past now, but I just, yeah, he's great shit. He's very, definitely intellectually honest, definitely willing to explore new ideas, but yeah, it definitely is like where philosophy and atheism kind of meets. It's where he covers a lot. He's actually kind of funny enough. I used to be way more big in the atheism stuff and he's kind of very not as accepted within the atheism movement because atheism is very well known for being super lefty mm -hmm. and not to say this rationality rules guy is like a super, is like a super right guy or anything. If anything, he's just really just intellectually honest and that's the issue. Cause we all know how this works. Like the big thing that got him disowned was he did some episode on like, I think something about like, um, why trannies shouldn't be allowed to fucking be in female sports or some shit, like something like that. And they like, basically the, the atheism community basically borderline disowned him oh, because that's how, and this is where to be fair, that's completely where people come from where they shit on the atheism. Like, cause they're like, Oh, they're just fucking, you know, a different religion like with their fucking statism and shit and it's like well that's where people get that concept from that shit because that is legit a thing and he just wasn't part of it and like kind of was having honest conversation and they're like no <laughs> i think well and i think that there's a difference between like the the atheism community and which i would like lump sam harris in with for instance mm -hmm. and like the rationalist um like ideological rationalism uh, like the like the people who, who are at the rational wiki are less wrong. Um, to an extent, Slate Star Codex, who has a different name now, Astral Codex Ten, I think. Um, although he's he's a he's a lot more um, independently think thinks a lot more independently. Um, but uh, yeah, the the that whole that whole what movement community whatever uh, it. It smacks me as ideological, just just as ideological as you know any any fundamentalist Christian or whatever. 
Yeah, which is like, it makes sense that, it, now in retrospect, it makes sense that this is like a thing with an atheist movement. Because if you think about it, what is atheism? All that atheism is, and let's be, I'm going to be straight up. A lot of people don't realize this. Atheism is not asserting there is no God. It's just saying you don't believe in God. So if you're going to have an atheism community, all that is is a, a group of people who don't believe there's a God. And it's like I said, once again, not believing in God does not mean you assert there is no God. Generally speaking, it means you take the either the I don't know or the there is no God. Most people are the I don't know. I'm in the hmm. I don't know. Um, so what's the difference between that and agnosticism? Is it just the, is it just the title you decide to take? Uh, way I kind of look at it is kind of like, uh, you know how you see the, uh, the fucking grid. That's the, uh, you know, authoritarian, libertarian or left and right. That's the kind of way I see it. You have along one axis, you have agnostic or gnostic on the other axis, you you axis, you have libertarian or not libertarian, but you have a atheist or or atheist or theist. Because atheism, theism is an answer to the question of what do you believe? And the other one is an answer to the question of what do you know? Oh, all right. Gnosticism is an answer is like whether you know. So generally speaking, I always clarify, I don't like Gnostics, period. Unless we're being like super specific, like you're like, this is my hand. Or I'm doing the camera. This is my hand. If you're being like, and I know that, I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess we can be like shitty and get in the weeds of like, well, what do you really know? Yeah. Or like, okay, whatever. I can, I, if you're being like, I'm Gnostic about the existence of my own if, body, sure, whatever. But like, <laughs> but if you are really, especially something like a god or the lack thereof, if you're like, I know this is the fact, then I'm like, <clears throat> fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, in general, and I know a lot, that, that, that actually tends to be more of an issue with theists than atheists, because it's far more often that, that uh, theists take the position of, I know there's a God, than for atheists to take the position of, I know there isn't. Yeah. Cause most and, and not like, not yeah. only, not only I know there is a God, but like, I know that my construct of God is the yes. construct. Like, ugh, anyway. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that is what I hate is Gnosticism in general. If you are asserting, aside from some very insanely specific claim, if you're claiming utter knowledge, like I know this, and that's even with something as simple as like, say with like strategy within like Liberty, if you're being <laughs> like, I think we should utilize the LPMC and you're coming from this, <laughs> if you're coming from the position of I know. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't know. I don't know. I'm advocating one position, but I don't know. Like I could very well later get some uh, argument that convinces me otherwise. I'm not so deluded or to believe that I know like really anything, you know? So that's kind of where I come from. So. All right. Yeah. So I will see your what is it? Ra- rationalist. What's the name? Rationality of it? rules. Rationality rules, mm-hmm. and give you the exact opposite. <laughs> um, so it's called Spiritual Psychic with Sarah Weissman. With Kirk Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So um, in 2016, we lost my little brother in a car accident, and my mom went a little off her off the rocker, uh, and she started she started consulting with mediums who would talk to my brother on the other side. And one of them is this chick, Sarah Weissman. And I don't, I don't so much believe in the medium stuff, but man, her podcast is great. Uh, she talks about the, the kind of spiritual ages and um, like we're in the age of Aquarius now. And uh, 
this is why things look so weird. She offers she offers alternative explanations for things, um, which I'm always I'm always open to. So that's cool. that. Is that the last? Is do you do you have anything else? Because I've actually looking through my list and I don't have anything else. I I I mean I have other ones I listen to occasionally, but not anything yeah. that would make this list, especially where it's getting longer in the tooth here. Uh, sure. So how many? Do you have any other ones that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, let me get, let me just let me just plug a few that I listen to. Yeah. Um, so there's Individualist with Nick. Yeah, that's um, good. There's Deborah gets red pilled, which everyone should listen to no matter mm. what. Um, and then you're talking over me with Adam Patrick is fantastic, and break mm. break the cycle obviously with Josh Smith. Um, yeah, you're talking, you know, you're talking over me and Deborah gets red pilled are of those that I just listed are probably my favorites though because they're they're kind of unique. They have they have interesting angles. Yeah, you're talking with me. I saw your episode with him, and I, I very much enjoyed it. That's the only one I've listened to him, though, so I can't really give too much of it. But definitely you guys' mm -hmm. conversation was really great. I enjoyed that. Uh, I'm going on with him next week, so I'm really interested to see oh, that goes. Obviously, whoever's listening to this now, there's a Time Sucker podcast. So I don't know. It very well could be already released by the time you're listening to this because yeah. I usually like to – I've recorded a bunch of episodes, and I'm going to release them because uh, my I generally try to like schedule my wife's working so like my wife worked a bunch this month this week and isn't much next week so basically time is 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 a made-up concept when it comes to podcasting so <laughs> and I know you do the same thing you hold you you record yours and hold on Dude, to them for a while depending so. like it depends but like the one I the one I released today was like months ago it's just yeah because if I get a big name and you know I interviewed what Juliet from down the street, then mm. I'll put the big name out first. She doesn't mind, but anyway, yeah, I think, I think, I think we probably hit on everything. I really want to, uh, Buck Johnson's show counterflow is good. Oh yeah. I didn't think of that. Like uh, I saw his episode with Mark Claire was really good recently. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, this is something that I do want to plug because your audience probably isn't quite as familiar with it. Um, integral theory, which is like post postmodernism. Um, there's a great podcast you're not going to agree with everything. Uh, it kind of comes from the left, but uh, the name of the podcast is Everyone is Right. Um, and if you're interested in like new ways of looking at the world, that's a great one to, to kind of binge all their past episodes and then just kind of get caught up and start listening to it. Um, it's, that, it's is, a good one. that is a smart title for an integral podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've, done, I've done a little bit of my dive. I, I listen to a couple of the audiobooks. I, I uh, oh, I've been meaning to want to have a conversation with you sometime. Maybe this might not be the best time, but it, I get the vibe. It's kind of like intellectual horoscopes. It, like it, it, I don't know. It's it's I like it, but at the same time, is like it, is it just because it's like a one of those things I can read into it what I yeah. want to read into? I don't know. Like, but it also well, does have usefulness. It's it's like we're intellectual actual intellectualism and woo woo kind of meet almost. It is definitely that. If you go in their Facebook group, you'll see that there's a lot more diversity of thought than the scholarship and kind of big names would have you believe. Uh, yeah, you'll see a you'll see a what happened on January sixth was the worst thing to ever happen in American history. Like on one post, and then the next one is like, why are you still wearing your fucking mask? You fucking COVID idiot, you know, like it's, 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 it's really kind of diverse and um, like they get political, obviously. I just told you two of the headlines, but uh, um, they think a little bit more deeply than your average Republican or Democrat and more differently than your average libertarian. So yeah, that's definitely cool, an cool interesting dive at integral theory. Uh, God, who, there was a one that you did that was like super long and you've done two integral episodes, haven't mm -hmm. you? 
The first the one you did, who, who was that with? Do you remember? His name's Brian Doherty. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's a he's actually a, a, a libertarian mm -hmm. um, integralist. And I heard about him on Brett Vinat's show, School Sucks, which is another one, you know, is good to listen to. But again, you know, you kind of you kind of look at the topic. Or at least yeah. I do. No, uh, my point being, I'm getting as anyone listening that wants a good good episode to watch that one. Like that is an oh, amazing yeah. episode. Like go smoke some weed and go listen to that one. <laughs> I'm fucking blown away. Be like what? <laughs> it's a uh, very very good. I mean, like I said, it's kind of like woo woo in a way, but it also kind of like I think shifted my thinking a little bit. The big thing too, the the biggest concept I like out of Ingrid theory. I know it sounds simple, and that's like all, I mean, I've obviously got more of it. The biggest thing was like. It kind of is a merging of the the Western and the Eastern concepts of time, yeah. and like how the Western's like a line is a linear concept, and then the Eastern is like cycles. But this one's a fucking helix. So it's like, and it, it like it once, and it was kind of funny because it was like the theories that I was kind of mixing around in my head, especially with what's going on now, kind yeah. of played into that. Because then I, yeah. so like it kind of made me think like, oh, because this reminds me so much what we're going through now, or we're about to go through in the next decade or two of the advent of the state the initial advent of the state was the and we've talked about this was the fucking um was uh the states like implemented themselves among fertile areas when agriculture was being was was mm -hmm. first coming about and then the you had the barbarians who lived on the fucking outskirts in the non-fertile areas who actually thrived and i'm like holy fuck this is like like history rhymes is like this yeah. is that and this is like the ascended version of it like up the helix a few times you know so yep. I'm like, Jesus, like, we're just still the same it's, fucking thing, you know? It's the same thing with different technologies. I mean, instead yes. of hoes and, and shovels, we're using computers and bombs. So. Yes. And we're going to have these people that live on the outskirts and the rural areas who are probably going to be killing it. While these people in their fucking smart cities who think they're killing it and are super fucking indignant about it are going to be fucking... And, and history will probably tell their story just like it did the story of the states as, as opposed to the barbarians. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. We're 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 getting out in the weeds again. I think it's a good spot to. And you got you got uh, plugs you going to drop. I already kind of gave you plugs earlier, but we'll do it again. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow me. Um, send Jose money first, but then send me money second. Blackbird.substack.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at James L J. And uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get out of that time suck we were talking about earlier with podcasts, uh, give us money because I don't know about you, but I know I <laughs> drop mine immediately to my Patreon as, as opposed to then dripping out later to like the YouTubes and the, the podcatchers and shit. Uh, so if you want to catch my shit immediately, like within the day yeah. of, or maybe the next day of when I record, go to my fucking Patreon and do that. Uh, yeah. if, if you don't care, then whatever, follow me on YouTube, follow me on all the podcatchers, all that shit. So you guess I'm cool. Oh no, I was just going to say, I was thinking about doing that. That's what, that's yeah. what Pete does too. Uh, yeah. No, uh, yeah, with that, yeah, fucking also, like, go give me money, fucking follow me on YouTube, any audio podcasts. Uh, if you want to hit me up, hit me up. Best place to hit me up is probably on YouTube, or not on YouTube, but on uh, Twitter, uh, Gallus and Jose, that's where I'm most active. DM me, wherever the fuck. Uh, like, subscribe, come on, all that good stuff. That dude's been awesome. I'm really glad to have you on again. I'm sure we'll do it again because I always end up bringing you back. Like, no one can keep us down. You can't quit me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't quit you. <laughs> all right, with that, we're done. All right. All right. Deuces.